Today's podcast is brought to you by my number one choice in tires, Pirelli. And since I used to be a race car driver, I know a thing or two about tires. The iconic tire brand is known for its long tradition of innovation, advanced technologies, and high-quality products. Pirelli recently added the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3 to its American range. Developed to go the distance, it comes with a 70,000-mile treadwear warranty. Choose more mileage, more comfort, more control with the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3. Ask your local dealer for a tune-up. Trust me, I'm a driver. Like everything matters equally or close to equal. In Phoenix, I don't win the championship without my pit crew. Right. Um, so everybody matters and every every person, every job in that shop matters. You know, the car matters, the driver, driver matters, pit crew matters. I mean, heck, the, the business people upstairs matter, you know, just as much as anybody else does. Because if your car's not funded, it's you're not gonna they're not gonna have the resources to go fast. Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. Today on the show is my very, very good friend, Kyle Larson. Uh, we raced together for years. In 2021, he won the championship. Uh, it finished up at Phoenix. I was there. That was awesome. He won 11 cup races, a ton of dirt races. He won, I think he said 33 or 34 races in 2021. He had a scenario in the spring of 2020 where he used a racial slur. He lost his job. Um, he had to sell the house that he was building on the lake in um, in North Carolina. His life totally changed, but he made the most of it. Um, he won a ton of races and um, earned his way back into the Cup Series and had just a phenomenal year in 2021. Um, we talked about his family and just how his family dealt with that and how they've come closer together throughout all of this. Those of you out there that love racing, like we talked about some some nitty gritty, you know, what's preparation look like for uh, the season? What does it look like um, to prepare for the next season? We talked about what matters more, the car, the driver, the engine, the pit crew, all those kinds of things. But we we let off with dirt racing. I mean, that's really where we let off with because he just is so passionate about it. I mean, I just know Kyle really well and I know how much he loves it. So I wanted him to defend it because I don't get it because it's dirty and it's dangerous. So um, so I, I, I wanted to hear his perspectives on all that. And then we finished up with some manifesting. And so Kyle is, uh, Kyle is um, a really sweet guy. And if you love this episode and you love what you hear on the Pretty Intense podcast, don't forget to click on the subscribe button so that you can get notifications to hear more. Why are you not in Oklahoma? Uh, we'll go there Sunday because practice is Monday. Oh, it, I thought it was this next week. week. No. It's so next week. Shoot out and then a break and then the chili bowl. Oh, I was like, has hell frozen over? Are you not going to the chili bowl? <laughs> Maybe someday, but uh, no, I'm going. Yeah, we'll go. We're going to go Saturday to Indy for uh, Lauren Stewart's birthday, her 30th birthday. And then oh. also from there Sunday. I see. I see. Yeah. Dirt racing. Your first love. <laughs> I guess. It is. I mean, come on. That I, I mean, we know this to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like I can talk about it a little bit more now. So that's good. Why? I don't know. I feel like there when i first got into my other racing um i was maybe frowned upon a little bit talking about my love for dirt racing but i love all racing so it's nice that i can at least talk about my dirt racing even more now yeah but i think that maybe i don't know i'm guessing but after your season last year and being able to you know and and doing so many dirt races as well and doing a whole season pretty much of dirt racing the year before does, do you feel like it gives your dirt racing a little bit more of a leg to stand on because you're like, Hey, um, <clears throat> look what I did. Uh, I think a, a little bit of that for sure. I think, yes, me being able to race a lot more kind of, and having success, uh, in all of it. Um, cause before, you know, I would have success in the dirt stuff and maybe not in the NASCAR stuff. So it was, I feel like you could view my dirt racing as a distraction but mm. after the, the season we had last year, I don't think you can view it as a distraction at all. If anything, it's the opposite. I think, you know, a lot of people, as well as myself and my team, view it as it helping me. So um, with that and getting to race a lot more brought a lot of attention to all of my racing, but the dirt stuff. And, and I feel like the, the crossover between fans and series and stuff really kind of helped grow the sport the last couple of years. 
Yeah. And Caitlin sold a shitload of t-shirts in the last year and a half. <laughs> yes, she has. We have two, two t-shirt trailers now. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what we have two because, so I've gotten into the dirt late model stuff and like dirt late model fans don't really care about buying sprint car merchandise and sprint car fans don't care about buying late model merchandise. And then like, I'll be racing, you know, sprint car one night and a late model the next night. So it's hard to switch out everything. And so I've got, I've got two trailers that can go different places. Double down. Yeah. But she's kind of, she's, you know, it's, it's stressed her out a lot. So, um, we have a, we have another girl helping us now. Um, and she does a really good job with that. So it's kind of taken a lot of the load off of Caitlin and, and she's kind of, she'll help when she wants to help and approve designs and, and put her input on things. But as far as loading and unloading and all that, she's, she's got less of a, a role in that part now. If you were able to, let's say, make the same money and race dirt cars, would you do it? Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think maybe if you'd asked me that question seven or eight years ago, I probably would say, yeah, but I think as I've gotten older, um, I just enjoy racing all types of cars. So it doesn't matter to me if it's dirt pavement, stock car, sprint car, late model, you know, indie car someday, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to, I, I love, I love driving race cars more than I love making money. So, um, mm, it doesn't, bad. it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Maybe like it, it would have. And, and maybe I had, you know, eight years ago or, or more, you know, a chip on my shoulder where like, I'm going to, you know, lean more towards the dirt stuff just to have their back and stuff. But now like, it doesn't matter to me. It's kind of like a cult. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's gotten, it's gotten less of that way. I feel like over the last few years. Um, Cause I feel like there's more transition now because you've got other drivers besides myself doing it all uh, or not all, but you know, dabbling yeah. like Chase is dabbling in the, in the dirt stuff, Kyle Bush with his son Braxton. Um, and then Yokai ran the shootout last week. So I feel like there's a lot more of the crossover and I feel like fans kind of appreciate all racing um, as a whole more than maybe they did a few years ago. I think probably my biggest criticism on dirt racing again, cause we're such good friends and obviously we've talked yeah. about this many times is the danger aspect, you know, seeing people you know, like people that we know, like I know a lot less people in dirt racing than you do, but like I knew guys that died regularly, you know, people were passing all the time and it's um, you know, it always just seems like, you know, I get it if you're, if it's your livelihood, but um, when you have a livelihood that uh, is really good, then it's kind of like, dude, these guys would give up. They, they give up their job for your job. Um, so does that even play into it or is that part of the allure? I don't think it's part of the allure at all, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't think about it at all. When I strap into a dirt car, I'm not thinking about this could be my last race I ever run in my life or, what you know I, I just love i think my passion for racing and passion for dirt racing um keeps me coming back and like i said i it doesn't it's not about the money to me yeah. um but i do know there's a lot of people that rely on me driving say a nascar you know cup car you know, there's hundreds of employees at hendrick there's hundreds of employees when i was at ganassi that rely on me so i understand that side of it but i i do think the positives of you know what could come from you benefiting as a race car driver could you know outweigh you know the risk side of it but yes there's always a risk um and i think anybody could have their own opinion on that so um for me i, I feel like it really benefits my racing and i and i think it's i've been able to prove it now the last couple of years knock on wood nothing you know bad has happened but uh Yes, I think we all understand that the risk is there and, and it's kind of part of it. But um, that's just when you, you were, blow by, you blow by everybody. So I don't know when you were around, though, it was that was like a bad that was a bad few years. Um, yeah. You know, with Tony getting hurt, Brian Clausen, Leffler, so many other Jason not so Johnson, many other drivers. Jason yes, Jason Johnson. I mean, and even people not losing their lives, you know, breaking their backs and stuff like that. So, um, yes, it's dangerous, but. You know, there's danger in, in all everything we do every day, yeah, yeah. you know, 
even your CrossFit can be dangerous, Danica. I don't I do CrossFit anymore. CrossFit then. I still have a barbell in my garage, but I don't do CrossFit anymore. Um, I, I mean, it's a fact. I just, I'm just so curious about it, you know? So what is it then that, what is like, what's the sensation? If you could uh, express sort of try and paint that picture for people, they see stock car racing, but maybe people don't know as much about dirt racing and stock cars, obviously on pavement, mostly <laughs> ovals. Like, you know, there's a lot going on that you don't really see, um, in a race car. So, um, you know, but it, people can visualize a stock car going around a track. What are you feeling like dirt, 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 dirt racing, like sideways, explain it to people. And then what's the sensation that's different than a stock car? Well, I guess I'll start by like comparing the two cars. Um, you know, a stock car is well up until this year was 550 horsepower, 3,400 pound race car, a sprint car, a wing sprint car is 1400 pounds with 950 to a thousand horsepower these days. So, um, it's the power to weight ratio is, is unreal. Um, you know, pulls the front tires off the ground, you know, lights the rear tires up on the throttle. So there's so much finesse and, uh, the style of racing is, is aggressive because the races are short, you know, main event might only be 30 laps compared to four or 500 mile races. So, um, the intensity is, is really high. Um, and yeah, it's just the track conditions are changing lap by lap, uh, because you know, it's on dirt. So it's, you know, constantly drying out or getting ruts or building a cushion and, and the awareness that you have to have as a driver is, is, uh, something that I think is a good tool for when I go to the NASCAR side of things mm -hmm. where you have more time to get, you know, figure things out, um, you know, adjusting to a line and stuff like that. Um, the sprint car stuff is more intense, but you know, the, the pavement stuff I think is also a good tool because it teaches you the patience, um, you know, the precision of hitting your marks that I think really helps when I get back to the dirt stuff, especially when it comes to like having to slow down and run the bottom. So, um, I don't know, just the, the, they're hard to compare. There is really not much comparison, but, uh, they're both really fun. What's the sensation that you love? Do you love being sideways? Do you love like running by the wall every night? Pretty well, not every night, but I'm sure. Yeah. Most nights. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think the sensation of, even though the tracks too, the tracks and dirt are way smaller. You know, you're racing on a quarter mile to a half mile where the smallest track in NASCAR is a half mile. So, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, just that speed that you feel on a quarter mile could feel faster than what, Michigan on a two mile track would feel like, even though you're going almost half the speed, uh, sometimes. So just because the quickness and the reaction that it takes sure. to in the suspension, you know, a, a stock car, like it's pretty rigid. It doesn't move a whole lot. You know, if you hit a bump, it doesn't move a ton where a sprint car, I mean, your, your car will travel inches, um, and bouncing and, and flipping and wrecking and all that. So, uh, but I would say the sensation of the speed and, in my heart rate gets way higher, uh, in a dirt race than, than it would in a, in a stock car race, just because I think in the stock cars, you have such a long you know, straight away to kind of relax and things get spread out. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, the sensation yeah. of reaction and speed is, is wild people, which I would, I feel like would maybe be similar to like an Indy car. I would have to imagine, you know, cause they're quick and twitchy and edgy. Oh yeah. This is the, I mean, I mean, when I jumped back in an Indy car a couple of years ago for the last time, um, I mean, I took off out of pit lane and first thought was like, Oh shit, I forgot how fast these are. <laughs> like I accelerated off of pit lane on the back straight away at the at Indianapolis. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God. And then I was like, I can't even turn the wheel. I was like, this is so hard. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot about an Indy car that I think is probably similar to a dirt car. Do dirt cars have power steering? Yes. Yeah. They have power steering, which is thankfully they do, but it, it still gets, you know, it can get heavy, you know, a heavy wheel when you're bouncing through holes and stuff like it'll, it'll try and yank itself out of your hands. The dirt lay model, you know, those cars are similar horsepower to a sprint car, but they weigh, I think a thousand pounds more. And yeah. there's so much load on the front tires and those things, just the way the suspension is uh, on the right front, it makes the steering really heavy in those. So yeah, I've, I've have it where not, have had it where like I go through a hole and it'll literally yank out of my hands and I take off up the track. So, um, definitely takes more arm strength in the late model. Um, mm. 
but still, again, the sprint car compared to that, like your heart rate is way higher in the, in the sprint car compared to late model. Did you win Chili Bowl last year? Yeah, the last two years I've won. For those listening that um, might not know as much detail about you, um, your season in 2021 was just ridiculous. I mean, when I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12 ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. You won 11 cup races, 10 regular season and the all-star race, which pays a million bucks, right? Wasn't it a million bucks Mm -hmm. to win the all-star race? Um, You got to try and compete with Caitlin for those t-shirt sales money. So it was good that you won that. (laughs) Um, And then I don't know all the dirt races, but obviously you won the chili bowl. And I know you won a whole bunch of others, which for people that don't know, like these are the biggest dirt races. These are like the, these are the super bowl these are the world series. This is the Daytona 500 of, of dirt racing. And it almost feels like there's more energy and excitement around it than even a cup race on some level. Like you can, you, you would probably agree. Um, so which one, which dirt races did you win that were the big ones? Yeah. Last year I was able to run, I ran what a midget, a sprint car, dirt late model and a cup car. And I won marquee events on all four types of cars. So yeah, I started out with the chili bowl at uh in Tulsa in the midget so the two big races I won the midget were the chili bowl and the bc39 that's in the infield at ims uh in the sprint car I won the king's royal and the Knoxville nationals those are the two biggest sprint car races of the year yeah uh, in the dirt late model I won uh the prairie dirt classic which is I would say probably like the fourth biggest race in dirt late models and then I mean the coke 600 the all-star race phoenix um there was, there was a lot, a lot of good, good, big ones, uh, in cup as well. So that's definitely something I'm really proud about. Um, I think I ran 96 or seven races, uh, last year and won 33 of them. So, uh, definitely a really good year. So really good last two years. Um, for sure. Well, cause you won everything the year before in 2020 when you went dirt racing too. Yeah, we won, I think I was 40. I was like right at 50%. I won 46 races in 2020. I mean, the dirt racing is just crazy. You can rack so many races up because it's just one night. Like when yeah. you go to a stock car race or an indie car race or something like that, it's a three day weekend. You can only, it's one a weekend. Um, so, I mean, Indy car does 20, 20 ish races a year. Stock cars do 38, 38, basically 30, 36 regular season and two bonus races with the all-star. And then the, um, uh, what is it? The bud shoot? What is it? The bud, what do they call that now? Clash. The clash, the first, yeah. very first one before the Daytona 500. So 38 races, but, but dirt racing, man, it's like three or four a week. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's 90 Norman on the sprint car schedule, right? It's 90 races. Yeah. The outlaws is outlaws is like 88 or 90 something. Yeah. yeah it's like a baseball. And I, and I race, you know, I'll race like not just the outlaw stuff, you know, I race all-star outlaw. I don't run, I can't run for points, so I can go hit way more shows than even a a points chaser can. So yeah, like June and July, I mean, I'm, I I might not come home at all. I'll be, you know, on the road or flying to other dirt races, flying to the NASCAR races. So that's why you're skinnier than me now. And that's why you weigh like 128 pounds dripping wet, you know? Yep. Got to stay that. That's my way of working out is racing a lot. Dude, it's a lot. Okay. So how does the fam deal with this? Because 
I mean, Caitlin obviously running the t-shirt trailer last year in 2020, and then I'm sure a ton still in 2021 when you went and did what you did, you know, outside of the cup races. But I mean, that's just a shitload of races and like, (laughs) shoot me. I mean, you know, it. I didn't love the dirt racing. It wasn't my favorite. My dad loves it. My my mom will go. I didn't really care. Wasn't my jam. Um, so how, how, how has that gone? Does Caitlin go to uh, all of them still? And then you have Owen. How old is Owen? He just turned seven a couple oh, weeks ago. Seven. And Audrey is. She'll be four, four in May. Yeah. Okay. She'll be four in May. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's tougher obviously on them than, than myself, I feel like, but really it's your choice. Yeah. Uh, but 2020, 2020, you know, with everything that happened and then that was, honestly a a very it was a fun year because i spent we spent seven weeks on the road in our motorhome driving from track to track selling t-shirts like those are memories that we made and we'll never forget um you know because it was covid so the kids weren't in school which was nice this year was was a little more difficult because owen and audrey both were in school um and so they didn't go to many NASCAR races because they, well, really up until I feel like the first half of the year, they couldn't really go with the COVID protocols. And then even at the end, like it's just one day shows. So we would just fly in and fly out. So there was no need to take the motor home, no need for them to go, but they would go to a lot of my dirt races and it definitely gets tough during the school year. So actually they just went back to school yesterday and they're going to go to school for this week. Um, you know, cause it was winter breaks. So they just going back and then we're actually going to, we, we hired a teacher and we're going to do homeschooling now. So, um, that'll, that'll make things a little bit easier to travel and have a little bit more freedom and, and have the family there with me and, um, try to try to find some sort of balance. I love that. I think that especially with the way everything's going in with all the COVID stuff, like I don't have kids, um, but my sister has three and two of them are in school. And just to know that, you know, it's always, you know, some schools are masked, some are not, some have certain rules, some don't kids exposure, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, I, and this is just my opinion, but at that age, you know, at seven and four, it's like, I mean, learn the basics, but Mm -hmm. you know, you're not getting your law degree or your doctorate in something at seven years old. So like go climb trees, have some fun. And, you know, it's cool that you have a teacher that will then be able to kind of still keep them going. But, um, I'm far more on the other side of things with school. Like, I mean, I have a GED, so, (laughs) um, I think, I think it'd be good for us too. And Owen, he kind of struggles in school a little bit and, and he has tutors and stuff there. And, um, he really likes the tutoring because it's more one-on-one time and mm-hmm. he can like focus. So I think, you know, having the homeschooling and, and having a teacher fully dedicated to him is going to be great. And I think he's going to improve quickly. So, uh, I'm excited about it. We, yeah, you know, where my house and my shop are. So we're going to build the classroom at the shop and what? yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Cause you know, we will like walk through the woods to get to the shop. And, um, you know, maybe once someone gets comfortable, we can just send him on his own to the shop, which would be nice. That's that's really (laughs) cool. The one thing about, I mean, NASCAR versus, you know, other racing series or even other sports is, um, the off season's just so short. And I don't really have an off season normally. Sure. And normally you go to New Zealand for dirt mm-hmm. racing for Christmas time, yeah. but you didn't go this year for the first time in a while, right? Yeah. Not the last two years because of COVID. So yeah, like you said, though, off season for a normal NASCAR driver is short. And then for myself, like I don't ever have an off season. So this, this year has been really weird to me. I haven't raced since Thanksgiving, oh, <laughs> which man, is not that long suck. ago. You're going to suck, Kyle. You're not going to know what I- to do. I know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting behind, but so it's been weird. It's, it's been weird to have Christmas at home and be at home and not race. And, um, our house is as clean as it's ever been. (laughs) No, well, it's been a team teamwork. (laughs) Caitlin and I both, we've been, you know, shuffling rooms around and kind of remodeling rooms and just cleaning. And, um, it's because we're home. We're never, we're never home for more than a few days at a time. So 
that part of it's been nice, but I can't wait to get back racing. Um, count down the days ahead to Tulsa and get back in a race car. Cause it's oh been God. too long. Well, I mean, because when everything happened in what month was that in 2020? Mm, April, March, April. So the spring of 2020, obviously having the issue with, you know, the racial slur and then, you know, losing your job. And then, but at the same time, you were building a beautiful house on the lake in North Carolina. So you sell your house. So like, it makes sense that you would be doing renovations in the house that you're in now because you kept it. But like, I mean, you had talked about how, um, you talked about how the, the trip last, like 2020s, like road trip for months and being on the road with the kids and everything was really cool. It had to have been super, super emotional and hard. And what was that? What was the hardest part? Because I know that was the, a good part and that's so cool to look at the positive. Um, and I'm sure there's even more than that, but what, what was it? What was, what were you thinking at that time? Like, where, where did your darkest thoughts go? So yeah, I mean, when it all kind of first happened and, and I mean, you instantly know you made a huge mistake. And um, then as the days are, you know, there's so many phone calls and conversations and stuff and uh, really, you know, dark, emotional times. The first you know, handful of days is because you realize you're losing your job and um, that's everything you've worked really hard for. Your parents have, you know, put in so much of their own time and effort and, uh, you know, you've let them down as well as so many other people. And and just confusion, I guess, at that point, too, because you don't know where your career is headed. You don't know what you're going to be able to do. Um, you don't know. I, I knew I could always fall back on dirt racing, um, and that's what I did. But even even there, it's like, yeah, that's yes, that's something I always had dreamt of doing was being back a full-time racer, but not at 27 or 8 years old, whatever I was when it all first happened. Um, yeah, I thought that was something I'd do in my forties. So it was just like kind of confusing and, and that didn't really know how to feel about it. Was happy that I was doing something that I still loved and and racing and all that. But, um, just, I don't know. You, I feel like when you have a job and you're a NASCAR, like you have a plan, you know, what your Mm -hmm. life, you know, what your life's going to be like for however long you want it to be like that. And then, you know, like a light switch is all changes and it's like, shoot, now what am I going to do? What are we, what am I going to do to make money? What, you know, schooling for my kids, you know, how are people going to treat my kids? Stuff like that. It was just, you know, a lot of roller coaster emotions and you're winning races, which makes you feel happy, but you're still not doing exactly what you wanted to do at that time. Um, so it was, it was definitely difficult. And, and I didn't really see much hope of getting back to NASCAR for months, even with me winning a ton of races last year. And, um, and I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, this is, this is fine. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I'm going to love it. My, we're going to figure it out. We're going to, you know, travel a lot and, and, you know, live in the motorhome or whatever it may be. But, um, and about that time is when things started finally coming around to where I, I could see maybe a path of getting back to NASCAR and, um, it all, it all worked out way better than I ever thought it would. And, um, just very thankful and lucky and, and blessed. And then to, to have the season that we had this year to kind of repay all the people who, you know, supported me through the dark times, um, you know, felt great. Who, and who were like, who were, who were the most important people during that time? In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code Somnium to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. Well, my family and friends, number one, I think, uh, JP, who you know, uh, my, my manager, JP, uh, Rod Moskowitz. Um, I mean, there was so many people and then Rick Hendrick, especially for, for taking a chance on me and, and, and knowing kind of who I was as a person and knowing mm-hmm. where I was going to grow even more as a person. So, um, Jeff Gordon, I mean, there, there was, it's hard to, it's yeah. impossible to name everybody, but well, because uh, we know you, like we know you and we yeah. know that we know your character you know, you're from California, you're 
Asian. You're like, there's all kinds of things. Like, it's just like, you're not that guy. So I, I would imagine, of course, that's why there were so many people that supported you. But I'm curious who gave you the best advice. Was there something that stuck? Was there something out there that you were like, somebody said this and I was like, shit, you're right. Or I needed to hear that. Uh, I don't know. I, I had like tons of conversations, um, you know, with, with other African-Americans and stuff and just learning their experiences um, of, you know, stuff that they don't openly talk about in the public. Um, and just like opening my eyes to the, their experiences really, mm. um, was a great thing for me to kind of listen to, to what they go th- have gone through. So, um, I mean, I talked to so many people, I had a diversity coach, Doug Harris. He was great. He was kind of, you know, like a, a really good person for me to just learn a lot about, learn about his experiences and what he's gone through, but also he, you know, teaching me um, other things. So, yeah, I would say Doug Harris is probably the number one guy that I could kind of lean on. Um, you when it all you know, first happened in those first few months. Um, you know, I, I can't think of like one bit of advice, but uh, learning his and others' experiences was, like I said, extremely eye-opening to me. What did you hear that was so eye-opening? He's he had gosh, how many kids did he have? Like six or seven children, and if they were to get pulled over and and how are they going to handle that? How is that going to, you know, mm. result? You know, are we, that, him thinking about his children, like, I don't think about, you know, if Owen had his driver's license, I'm not going to think about him getting pulled over and, and what, you know, the risk of the result might be. So yeah, it's just, yeah. And that's not something I ever thought about. Like I never yeah. thought about people, you know, parents wake up on the daily worried about their kids. So, um, and, and you're know, worried about in that type of thing. So just stuff like that I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't, I never, thought about that. So just learning experiences and stuff like that was, was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Mm -hmm. and your character came through. Um, so is there anything that in your life you're like, okay, this is like going to change forever. Like this is, this is that thing that I'm not going to do anymore. I'm going to always do this. Or, you know, is there something moving forward where you're like, this is how my life really changed? Um, I think just having more awareness for what people go through and, and the things that you say and how it might affect them. And as you know, I'm not the greatest with words. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, can we just pause for a minute and talk about the words? Okay. Yeah. Elle has called me bulky. Um, that was fun one day when you were like, you're just, you're just really bulky. And I'm like, oh, and wow. I meant like strong, like it was right. A, it is a right. compliment. <laughs> right. And then another time we were having delicious breakfast at this very, very fancy hotel restaurant in California, Napa Valley this got brought up the other day and you had your breakfast and first you weren't sure what to do with your eggs. And we're like, Which first, I don't eat breakfast. That's why <laughs> but, but you didn't know what to put on your eggs. So we were like salt and pepper and then you ate it and and it was like wow how how was that Kyle and you're like it was it was the beef hash I think it was called it was and you said it was too flavorful (laughs) yeah so yeah Kyle can you can be a little like um what goes on in your head and what comes out of your mouth aren't really jiving yeah, I get I, I blame my mom for that. She's she's worse than I am. So really but no, I think this oh yeah. Yeah. If you would oh my gosh. Yeah, you need to spend some time around my mom and you would understand why my brain and my mouth don't work together. Is that sometimes. why she's always just video video videotaping everything? Probably why that's probably a reason why she's always behind the camera. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 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 anyway, those are some examples of Kyle being you know, I meant I mean, bulky is a compliment. I think it, I think you understood, but it took a I have minute. a feeling that in the comments, people will be like, um, bulky is if, if you're a girl, like, I don't even know, would you want me to call you bulky? Yeah, but I know I'm not bulky. So <laughs> <laughs> I meant strong. Like you're, I, I mm-hmm. remember where were we driving to like Charleston or something. And we stopped like somewhere at a gas station or something. And I don't know why it, I gave you that compliment, what I thought was a compliment, but yeah. it didn't come over as a compliment. Yeah. Maybe we were in Charleston or something like that. Yeah. It, and that's probably why when we drove home from Charleston on that trip of eating our way through, through South Carolina, why we stopped. Remember we went into the juice mm-hmm. runs after we yeah. went and we just like tried to pile up on whatever they had, because you probably gave me like a, 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 a complex then that I was bulky. <laughs> My God, I was thinner then than I am now for sure. I'm like, I wasn't bulky. 
I was, I was, I was, um, I meant it as a compliment. Muscular at worst. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, okay, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> before, before I put my foot in my mouth again. You had a super kick-ass season in 2021. I was so stoked to be there at the end. And, mm -hmm. but I'm curious I'm gonna, about. I'm going to credit you for your, uh, your strength and getting my, my dinner to what I, I wanted it the night before. Oh yeah. You're yeah. Uh, yes. without that meal. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have won. Yes. We went to dinner and they didn't have, you wanted, um, a chicken, chicken parmesan? Parm, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken Parmesan. And they were out and I was like, do you have chicken? And they're like, yeah. And then they're like, it's just not breaded. I'm like, it's easy. Just dip it in egg, put the breading on it. <laughs> and then she went back and made shit happen. And you got your chicken parm. Yeah. I'm Cause really me, non-confrontational Kyle, I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'll just order something else. <laughs> and Danica is like, no, he wants a chicken parm. He's going to get a chicken parm. It's easy. It was the night before it. the biggest race of the year to win the championship. Can we tell another story about Danica trying to get what she wanted done about um, uh, 4th of July many years ago? Yeah, when sure. <laughs> your cat climbed up a tree because my dog chased your cat. And yep. I felt really bad about that. And um, so you went down to go see if the local um, fire department would be yeah. able to get My house down. is like right across the street from the fire station. So it's, yeah. Very close. And they were all, they said they couldn't. And I was like, oh, oh, really? And then I went and you came with me and you stood way back. And I tried to be nice at first. For like a minute. For like a minute, I was nice. And then they, it was dark. And I was like, I was hoping you could help me. My friends came and like the cat stuck in the tree and, and they were getting ready. They were doing nothing. There was like four or five of them doing nothing. And I was like, you know. I really would appreciate it. And they were just putting up the wall. They're like, in the movies, it makes it seem like we're supposed to do this, but we don't. And they'll just come down eventually. I'm like, yeah, when they're dehydrated and die. And it's summer. It's like July in North Carolina. And I mean, I threw some serious shade out there to get them yeah. to come. I threw, I, I threw out social media disgrace to them. I was like, look, if you guys don't come. And they came. I did not say a word. I was like, oh my God, if I could just, if I could just leave right now, I would because I felt so embarrassed. I felt bad for everybody. I felt bad for them. I felt bad for the cat. I felt, yeah, it was I, just, I'm uh, trying it was awkward. to be better than that. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to let things go more. I'm a little more Zen than I used I to be. I was going to say, you're more Zen like now. So, how, like, one of the things transitioning from one year to the next is you never really know how it's going to go, right? Like, you want to have the same year again next year. If you do, I mean, I'd be freaking blown away because it was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, for people who don't know, I mean, the normal amount of races that the cup champion wins in a year is probably what? Four to six. I was going to say five to seven, maybe at the most. You won twice as, twice as many on top of all the big dirt wins. So having the same year again would be, would be amazing and kind of it would be phenomenal. So, but the one thing that happens is when we all get to Daytona at the beginning of the year, you never really know how it's going to go because people work on their cars in the off season. Mm -hmm. Rules packages change sometimes, engine packages. There's all kinds of things that can shift and you really don't know what happens from that, you know, November through February time with all the other cars. So, you know, how it's going to go is kind of a mystery. So, what I mean, I was never in the shop enough to know. Let's face it, um, it wasn't my fun zone. Um, but what what happened? Like, what can you do? What can you do as a team? Like, what do you know is happening? Who well, whose okay. job is it to make sure the car is to make sure it's really good the next year? I mean, so like this year is this year is different than any other year for me because. We're going from the Gen 6 car, which is what I was always in, even though it had different rules packages, you know, between years and stuff. But anyways, we're going from the Gen 6 to the next gen car, which is totally different. So, yeah, like, I think you can't have any expectations. I don't. Like, I I mean, we, we just won 10, 11 races last year. We could go winless this year. It's just how it goes with the new car. But, um so I don't know. I haven't had much testing in it. Uh, I was gone while they tested in Charlotte. So I don't even know like how they drive that much. So far, it's looked like it's a bit of a disaster. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I think they've made improvements on it. Um, but yes, I think they've kind of ran, you know, times kind of ran out a little bit to really do R and D on what's the proper package. But as far as the off season stuff, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I, I like, I'm probably similar to you. I don't, I don't know anything about a race car. You know more about a race car than I do. So I don't go in the shop at all and like pick their brains about what they're changing, where their improvements are that they've found and what's the difference in the cars. Like I can't even talk about what the difference is. Um, I guess it's independent, independent suspension. Uh, the shifting's different, stuff like that. What does that even mean? Balls. So yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Um, Maybe people think it's funny that we don't really know that stuff. I'm not some drivers guy. are really up on it. Some drivers are into it. They get it. You know, some of them are really into the cars, but I, I never, I didn't even know where the sway bar was. And the, I don't know. I've looked under a stock car maybe twice in my career, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, I mean, my job's to drive and there's just the work on it. And so, yeah, I think, you know, Cliff, my crew chief, Cliff Daniels, the engineers, the engineers and crew chiefs from the other teams, um, really, I think you have to lean on everybody at your race shop to prepare your cars, especially when it's a new generation car. Um, you got to lean on Chevrolet and, yeah. and even other teams. You know, I think the other Chevy teams are really communicating well right now from what I hear. So, um, that should hopefully, you know, give us an edge, uh, or get us closer to where we need to be once the season starts. If you were to rank driver car engine crew chief pick like what what rank does that stuff fall i don't want to go simple car versus driver because i mean you can you can answer car versus driver what's more important um but i'm kind of curious of maybe a little bit of a deeper sort of look into what matters in your opinion yeah um yeah i mean i've, I've only ever thought about it as car and driver but mm -hmm. i think once you start throwing in all those other things um, I think then it almost, it almost narrows it to where everything's closer to equal, like everything matters equally or close to equal, mm -hmm. um, because you, know, you could view your pit crew, like in Phoenix, I don't win the championship without my pit crew. Right. Um, so everybody matters and every, every person, every job in that shop matters. Um, you know, the car matters, the driver, driver matters, pit crew matters. I mean, heck the, the business people upstairs matter you know just as much as anybody else does because if your car's not funded it's you're not gonna they're not gonna have the resources to go fast so it's really hard i feel like to say one thing is more important than the other or has a bigger factor than the others in my All right, in then my, car versus driver car versus driver um i would have to give the edge to the car for sure yeah. um i think you can look at my career i i, I think you know, in 2017, I won four races. Um, 2018, I won zero races. 2021, I won 11. So, yeah. I, you know, just, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm probably a better driver than I was back then, but not way better. Um, I just think, you know, now that I'm at, at Hendrick Motorsports, you know, their equipment was, and resources, um, you made the car better. So, yes, it, your car means a lot, but you still also have to have a really good driver. I mean, Oh, There's yeah. nobody that lucks into a win uh, or, or a championship for that matter. Yeah. Well, if it's just simple. If you just take like a great driver and a bad car versus a great car and a bad driver, like, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, it, you can't Kevin Harvick the best won driver races last year in 2020 and won zero in 21. And he's, yeah. he's an amazing race car driver. So, yeah. you know, somewhere they were off yeah. in their, on their race cars. Oh, I remember, I remember all your wins in 2017 because we flew together to and from all the races and that jet had to wait for you and all your wins every time. And I was like, here we Thank go you. again. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh man, it's okay. <laughs> um, the jet was going anyway. Every driver's different. I mean, I'm tell the truth now about my preparation, but I found it like I mean, sometimes I'd ask for data and I wouldn't always use it. I just wanted them to think I was. That happened every now and again. Sometimes I did look at it. Sometimes I thought that watching old in-car videos, I used that, did that more in IndyCar where I watched in-car and I was like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. that kind of helps me get in the rhythm and feel it in my body or what it's like. But I didn't, there wasn't a lot. Like it wasn't like 
and and even like preparation not only from the technical stuff but from you know physical stuff like getting sleep and all that stuff it's like i had great races where i didn't get much sleep and i had great races where i got tons of sleep like it just didn't you know it goes didn't back really... to car was probably good that day probably it's like somebody it's like you have a good race one and like bad race last week good race this week and they're like wow you know what was it i'm like well i just woke up and i just remembered how to drive <laughs> so what's yours look like what is what do you find matters the most to your preparation your performance and it could be nothing that's a fine answer no, so I feel like, you know, I like getting as much data as I can possibly, as much as my team can supply me. Um, and, you know, I probably like, wait the, like what? Up. Like this is that's a that's just like data is a big word. So I mean, I could pull up my my no, no like just trying app, to like EFI data with, you know, everything traces, brakes, like, steering, anything, whether it yes, all that stuff. SMT videos that they compile uh, of the SMT, you know, other drivers and what stood What's out. SMT. It's uh, oh, you weren't around for SMT. Oh wow. Um, so it's 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 the steering, brake, throttle, uh, speed, trace, all that, and it's put on this like digital. It looks like a video game. Like you, you it like overlaps your car versus somebody else's car and uses GPS and all that, and like it's pretty cool and. and it's way better than Dartfish. You remember Dartfish? That's what I was like, going to say. I was like, I remember Dartfish. Yeah. So it's like Dartfish is non-existent anymore. Everybody just uses SMT because you can like, you can get whatever angle you want. You can break down the corners and pit stops and all that oh, wow. stuff. So can you look you can, at the car itself? Like the, like no, I know one of the so things like you that spin, you spin in real life, your car doesn't spin on the deal. Cause it's just GPS. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't factor yaw and all that, but. Oh, so you're uh, not looking at the actual cars on track because Dartfish would video you. So yeah. it's not that. No, this is, this looks like a video game. Like it's a, huh. it's a fake car. Um, so do you practice it, this before you go or is this something you get after? Um, well, you get, you, you can get like. After you've been on track, that is. Yeah. After you've been on track, all that information during practice, like when we have practice, you can look at it live of you know, people out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, yeah, so that's really helpful. Um, but I like looking at anything, whether it be, you know, past race, uh, history, cautions, pit stops, two tires, four tires, like when that window is fuel windows, we look at with SMT is really nice. Um, you can look at like green flag stops and like how far around the corner you can go before you need to start hitting the brakes and you can mm -hmm. you know link it up with satellite and like oh wow breaking markers this and stuff. yes it's like this billboard you need to get you know to the brakes and downshifting later and stuff like that that helps and so yeah i mean i like to just pick apart everything that we can and usually we have those our you call them our five team meeting um on thursdays where like the engineers compile all this information and data and then we have like a hour and a half ish, you know, meeting, whether it be, if I'm in person, I go to the shop or we do it on zoom or Microsoft teams and, uh, kind of go over all that information just to get prepped, kind of doing your homework before the weekend. Um, so yeah, that stuff really helps me a lot. And then like on the physical side of things, when I'm in town, I work out, I still work out. Well, it's not chicken ass racing anymore. It's track house, but okay. Do you get bulky? No, no, still, still not, not bulky, but uh, I work out with Josh wise and he's, he kind of heads the, and I think he was doing it when you were around. So, but I mean, not that you or anybody you know, worked out there, but he, he helps the Chevy drivers a lot. So I do that. And I really feel like that kind of helps me. I mean, it gets physically probably, you know, better, but I think what do you more do in the gym? What do you do? Cause Josh wise is a cardio King. Yeah. It's, it's, he's like a triathlon kind of guy, right? Yeah. I, but really, I feel like what we do in there is more like hand-eye stuff. And, and oh, it's like, like Pitt in Indianapolis. Sort of, probably. I don't know. I've never been there. But I feel I like we, we, more, we more are training our minds than mm. anything. So I really feel like since I've kind of bought into his program more than I used to, I used to never, you know, I used to think working out was, was dumb. But <laughs> uh, now I, I enjoy doing it because I feel like it makes me a mentally stronger feel like I'm more prepared race car driver, confident. Um, so I enjoy, I enjoy going out in there or going to work out at his place. And, um, I haven't done much of it this off season, so I probably need to need to get back in, but, uh, I do enjoy doing that stuff. Um, 
And, and yeah, I think it's, it's definitely helped me become a better driver the last few years. Well, what, um, what kind of goals for, I mean, I mean, I don't even know where you go from last year, but are you one of those people that comes up with goals for friggin' new year or not? No, you're I'm going to like start a diet. So you get even skinnier. I've, never, and then gonna, no. I've, I've probably had new year's resolutions, but I've never once stuck through with them. But, uh, tell me what have some of them been? Oh, probably like eating healthier and stuff like that. Oh, you love salads. I do love salads, love but I also salads. love salads. I mean, the biggest bowls. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a bad salad. Never, ever have had a bad salad. So I do like that. But yeah, I don't know. As far as race goals go, I don't, I also don't like setting goals either. Um, because in, in NASCAR, it's hard. It's you, like we talked about in the offseason, you never know how your next year is going to go. So I don't like really setting goals until you get like a month to a month and a half into the season. And yeah. that's like when you realize like, okay, this is where we're at as a team. Yeah. This is what I feel like is reachable. Let's try and do better than that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what my goal would be this year. I just want to win races, win races and win a championship would be great. But until that, until, like I said, you get a month, month and a half in, you don't really, it's hard for me to set goals. Well, what role does spirituality and crystals play in all of this? <laughs> My fellow hippie. I yeah. mean, you know, we used to get laughed at because we kind of bought into. I'm this. nowhere close to you. Do you see hip- my crystal bowls here? Right there? Right yeah. There? When's the next full moon? Good question. I think it's <laughs> just, a, we just had a new moon. So a couple of weeks. Uh, did, you get a, did you get them laid out and charged up? I did not. Um, if I remember, I do, I set them, I have these very deep windowsills and I'll set everything on the yeah. windowsill, um, <clears throat> on a full moon, but I, I didn't do that. Um, but, but for real, but you're kind of, you're kind of into that. Uh, I mean, more so than definitely more so than Caitlin and Ricky were, that's for sure. Like they would be making fun of you and I would oh, yeah. be like, not really, you know, I'm like, what's wrong with it? Like, it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, have you ever I had a know. psychic reading? Uh, when I was a kid and I, and I, I would like to go back, um, for sure. And they're, cause they're always, they're always like, right. Which is crazy. Like I've never met this person in my life. Like how do they know what's going on in my life? So yeah. So like I do like doing things like that makes me have some sort of belief in like the spiritual stuff and, um, and all that. But, um, I don't have, what about it? Like, what, what about the spiritual stuff do you believe in? What do you buy into that Caitlin's like, no way? Well, I think, I don't know, like, cause it's tough. Like you get into religion and all that too. So, um, I feel like you have to be like touchy with that. Um, you know, cause Caitlin has her beliefs and she's and her family does and there, and she's really strong with it. And, and I don't believe like just one thing, like I'm open to thoughts and, and I think that's where, yeah, I think just my openness um you remember me curious do you remember that night i think i can see you're in your kitchen right aren't you in your mm-hmm. kitchen um do you remember that night i my i was over at your house we were all there and i started talking about some jim carrey thing this is what 2017 oh, yeah. i had to have been and i started talking about jim carrey talking about like something about tetrahedrons and you know mm-hmm. it was some video i saw <clears throat> and then ricky looked at me and he was like we're gonna get the pastor to talk to her and straighten her out. And I was like, <clears throat> what? Like I looked at him if that, if like my eyes could kill, we were highly judged for our interest in spirituality. Well, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not as far out. They're not even close to as far out there as you are. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of you. If we're comparing you versus like Ricky and Caitlin, I feel like I'm like somewhere in the middle, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, how do you think the world works then? How do you think the world works? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think about it. I don't, I'm, I'm happy to wake up every day and, and take my kids to school and look forward to spending time with them and going racing on the weekends. But so I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never like sat down and thought about it. I've obviously heard, you know, you, and then you, know, you have like Caitlin and, and, that side and 
um like i said i'm just I don't, I don't really know how the world works so i'm open to many different ideas what do, how do you hope it, it how do you hope it works like how could spirituality be like something because there's a lot of shit going on in the world and there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot of fear and i see my spirituality playing into the whole dynamic in a way that goes beyond kind of the television programming um sort of the way that things appear and thinking more about the way things really are. And mm -hmm. so what, what function do you think that having a little bit more of a spiritual mind serves you? I don't know. I need to spend more time with you so you can, you can teach. <laughs> should we go to Sedona? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should. Um, for sure. I think, I think my first, my first, like, wow, that was weird moment was, uh, so I was, 14 um and i just turned 15 and this guy who kind of was like my mentor at the time racing sprint cars because that was my first year ever racing sprint cars he was like hey i want you to go watch this movie um it was called the secret um and you know i, I like, interviewed okay. ronda bryan i interviewed ronda bryan oh really yeah you should listen to it it's very fascinating right. and i'll tell you all the stuff afterwards that she told me all right. So yeah, I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll watch this movie. And, uh, I watched it and I was like, wow, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, I'm really going to try and change my thought process and just thinking positive and how that, you know, reacts to my world. And I won my first ever sprint car race, like the next night. Um, did you know that? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched like, wow. that. I'd I mean, watched that and I went and won in Japan. Really? Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. Like I watched it and then I went to Japan and won. Yeah. So I've watched that movie a few different times. Like whenever I, not in a while, I haven't watched it, but whenever I would be like in a slump and, you know, having a bad string of races and stuff, like I would watch it and then I would start, you know, having better thoughts and going to run, running better. And, and who knows, like if it, if it mattered, but I feel like it mattered. So, um, yeah, like I tell people to watch that, watch that movie or read the book. What I haven't read, read the book, but watch the movie anyways. I'm kind of more of a movie girl anyway, myself. I mean, yeah, I read a little bit of books now, but I'd rather watch the movie. I just got no, Josh is Josh wise. He's he, I, in my office, I've got like 10 or 12 books that he's given me. And I haven't, I've read maybe 20 pages of like one book. So I'm, more, <laughs> I'm more of a movie guy. He just gave me a couple more books for Christmas, but like, uh, what? What did he give you? just like kind of that stuff, like your mindset. And I, I don't know exactly because uh, I haven't read them, but you know, he's given me you kind of like notes about and, and really I think it, a lot of it kind of just comes like to your mind and how your your mind can yeah I mean affect your daily life and decisions and how things how things happen. I agree. Okay, back to goals for 2020. You obviously, if your mind is this powerful, let's just create some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, obviously in the back of my mind, like I have lofty goals, but like, come on, Kyle. I mean, at least, at least doing what we did last Speak year. Speak it into existence. <laughs> at least what we did in 21, but I mean, it's just, yeah, it's hard to know. I'm not going to say, well, I won 11 races last year. I'm going to go win 15 this year. Like that's, hey, it could be done, I guess, but. So what, 10? I'm also a, win real, 10 again? a realist. I'm a realistic person, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Check back a month and a half into the season and I'll give you some goals. Okay. Then, well, what's, uh, like obviously being in cup for long enough now, um, you've won everything in dirt. I don't even know if there's anything left to win there. So what races, if you could pick like your top three races that you'd want to win in 2020, 2022, what would they be? Yeah, that would be better. And uh, why? So, I mean, obviously the Daytona 500, that's our biggest one. Um, but to me now, you know, I always wanted to win the Bristol night race. That was like mm. my, that was my race. I wanted to win so bad. And I was able to do that last year. Um, next would be the really, I don't know if we go to Darlington twice, but a race at Darlington would be you know, my next one. I finished, I finished second at Darlington, the last three or four races I've ran there. So, yeah. So for those I, who don't know, also Kyle tried to pull 
uh, a video game move the last lap of the race, which was so freaking fun to watch. You tried to pass Denny, which is a good friend. So I'm sure that was a bit of a situation, but try to pass Denny by going flat pretty much through like, I don't know if you were, you probably weren't trying to go flat through turn three of Darlington, were you? No, I, I, I lifted, but I just didn't use any brake and then just pinned it against the wall. And then once I was in the wall, then yes, I was in the gas, but also I had to come off the gas because I got to him way quicker than I thought I would. And I didn't want to spin him out. So, um, but yes, it was like, I, I mean, we've all done it in video games and it works in video games. I'm like, I didn't expect it to work just as good in real life. It's your move now. It's your move. Not I, only that, but it destroys I, the car. So it doesn't need to have, it doesn't have to go through tech. Yeah. Right. No, I'm glad, honestly, I didn't win that one because I don't think that would have been like the fairest way to win. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's, that's respectable. I mean, but that's the guy you are like you, you that is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it made for a good highlight reel. It sure did. All right. Well then, since we're just in a manifesting space here, so we've got Daytona 500 night race at Bristol and Darlington. What are three off track things that you hope come to fruition in 2022 um well currently owen is retired from racing um but he loves baseball now which is adorable yeah no i've got him already signed up for baseball camp once we get home from uh chili bowl but he's talked about racing again here lately so if he does race i would love and i guess this is still on track but i would love for him to win his first race because you know he he wants it bad um and and he's he's i feel like lost a lot of confidence like personal confidence in racing mm-hmm. um so i, I want to see him get i want to see him become a more confident child i guess more than anything um i see the confidence in baseball um but just overall like i guess with racing i want him more confident with schooling more confident stuff like that um i don't know um you know, Caitlin and I just continue to get closer and stronger and, and become even better parents and stuff like that. Um, what, other, what other things could I do? Um, I need one more thing, right, for this year off the track. Uh, I need to think about that. I should have known that you were going to ask all these, these intense, pretty intense questions. I've got your final question. Okay, where do you want to go then for the for an off week? Because you get probably two. Is it still two off weeks out of the season? One, but Holy shit! Yeah, they're technically calling it two because there's a week after the clash before the 500, but that's not really an off week to me. Um, so yes, we only have one off week after Sonoma before that lead would lead into Nashville. So you're gonna be. Where do you want to go? You're gonna be proud of me for this. There's a. There's, I could race every day in that, that time period between Sonoma and Nashville, but I'm not, I'm, I'm going to take it off. Caitlin and I were going over our schedules yesterday and I was like, Hey, where do you want to go? You know, I'm not going to race at all, uh, this month. So, um, I don't know. I want to go, I want to go to like Europe. You want to go and I'll just grab my winemaker and we can go to wine tasting. We can go to Italy or France or Spain. Let's do it. I'm down. Or maybe Amalfi Coast. See, you've been all, you know about these fancy places and been to a lot of them. I don't, I know Bahamas and Mexico, so (laughs) (laughs) you'll have to educate me on, on the rest of the world. But, um, yeah, I want to take advantage of those, whatever it is, we could be gone for like 10 days. So I want to do something really cool. I mean, if I can get you to put salt and pepper on your eggs and (laughs) learn how to eat them. And that's probably the last time I've had eggs was then. So. All right. We're manifesting trips now. I like the direction that we ended up going with that. That's fun because I have a lot of time for that now. Yeah. Yeah. I, we will lean on you for sure. And hey, if we go to Europe, feel free because we need, we need your, we need your help. We love going up, going places with Danica. Oh, all right. Well, good luck this season. Even if you win half the races you won last year, uh, it'll be still an amazing year. And if you win twice as many, well, I, I mean, it'll be speechless, but it wouldn't shock me either because you're that good. I mean, the amount of top fives, how many top fives did you have in 2021? Uh, I don't know. I, I forget. I'd have to look. I'm sure a lot. Yeah, I won 10, so probably... Another 10 more? 
close maybe yeah i think something like that i don't know yeah i'm not sure well good luck right now and remember to charge your crystals and and don't forget having crystals we have okay so when you come out to phoenix for the race or vegas whatever somewhere in there we're gonna go crystal shopping okay i was too nervous last year when i saw you what i said i can't wait till caitlin watches this She's gonna be rolling her eyes. And oh yeah, she thinks it's the dumbest thing ever. I didn't want to mess with your flow last. I'm gonna year. be honest. When I I remember when you the first time I ever saw you lay your crystals out on the table outside of Ricky's house, I was like, what the heck? this girl has lost her mind. But hey, it's what it's it does. It's fine. I, I, you know, it's cool. Everybody's got their thing. Placebo effect. You know, placebo effect is a real effect. I think I've heard you definitely talk about that a few times. It works like 30% of the time, placebo effect. Okay. That's the power of the mind without even really using the mind. Now yeah. engage it, and we're going to be on that yacht in the Amalfi Coast, my friend. <laughs> okay. I'm down. Let's go. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.